That L Word Podcast. Do you need the leadership work? Can you even love? A podcast about leadership and everything that people are afraid to say out loud. Do you love yourself? Because if you ain't leading yourself, how can you lead a multi-million dollar corporation? Boom. And we're going. Back again. Back again. I asked you if you had your phone because I we this is one we're gonna we're gonna look up and we're gonna look up a definition of oh a word. Oh boy, here we go. Yeah, we that's gonna be a good one. Because like oh. I, I you know how you you talk about something so but I got I don't can't remember the last time. Anyway, this episode we're gonna talk about anxiety. He was like, Hey Morgan, what you wanna talk about today? I'm like, Hey, let's talk about anxiety. Like, what about anxiety? I said, Don't don't we all deal with it in some shape or form? How do you deal with it? How do I deal with it? I'm pretty sure that if we are talking to professionals, there's some anxiety about you know, spending too much time at work or sometimes spending too much time at home or trying to find out what, do, what people call that work-life balance or you got a new project coming up or you, you, your spouse is saying, we're going to go on that vacation. And you're like, well, how am I going to pay for the vacation if I don't go to work? Uh, or you'll start a new business or the business that you're doing ain't working right. Like so much things to have anxiety about. Um, yeah, that's what we're going to talk through it today. And there's, and to, as I lead this conversation, I, I, I there's no the, the specific direction I want to go, but I, what I really want to understand is what can we do to help the listener work through their anxieties, to, to let go of some of the stress, to not get stuck in a place of despair because it doesn't feel good. And for me, I, like, I am diagnosed with anxiety, and I, have, and I've been, I can remember having anxiety attacks. I haven't had one of those in a while because I've kind of worked through that. Uh, and I've come into a place of uh, what we call self-awareness that I prevent it from happening now. <laughs> okay. So when you said, I want to talk about anxiety, mm-hmm. and I said, okay, you lead it, how did that make you feel? Like I had a responsibility now. And I was like, okay, how the hell? Am I doing? That's why I was up. I was up there using the restroom. Like, okay, what I'm gonna talk about? What I'm gonna think about? Like, it was yeah. I was like, oh, don't mess this up. So, what feeling did that bring up? Anxiety, because I would rather you just tell me. Like, this is what we gonna talk about. And this, yeah, this. I think. So we're talking about anxiety when you had anxiety about the topic of anxiety. I, I've had a. Oh. But. That's how, a whole nother story. But then, <laughs> my, but my point is, story. So, so then how, mm-hmm. now you're, you're, we jumped right in, we started talking about it. How did you, as you were feeling anxious, how did you deal with it to then come down here, turn the mic on? But we're not prepared. We came up with anxiety it's a, an hour and a half it's, ago, it's, but it's we a level started of recording all these. Because for me, I go, like, say if we, okay, we, I just tell her this, I kind of, I guess it's a story, but like as I, we pick a topic, and it can it don't matter if we're talking. It can matter if we, I'm speaking to somewhere. I pick a topic, and the first thing I do is like, how does this relate to you? Mm-hmm. That's what I think to myself. Like, what is your authentic story on this one topic? It could be uh, d- depression. It can be happiness. It can be controlled. In this case, it's anxiety. Like, where has this happened in your life? Why has it happened? When has it happened? And trying to, like, actually – go through my mental Rolodex of the, the the times and experiences I've had that I can connect the two together and the process that helped me get here. 
And then I come back and then I kind of organize it in my brain and I go from origin to present. And all of that happened in the span of about three minutes. Yeah. I, I, when you, yeah. When we took our quick bathroom <laughs> it, break, it, it came it back to. down to reset. Yeah, it has to. And, and that's, to, I say that people, because some people might be like, that's fast. Because to me, that's not. Like, I move, my, Jordan knows my brain moves really quickly. And, and when we, and as leaders, you, you, and for some of you listening, you know that, you know, troubleshooting is what we do, like, or, or problem solving or decisive decision making, active thinking, all these things are the part of being a good leader. And so it forces you to say, okay, I don't have three hours to make a decision. You got three minutes. But I brought all of that up <clears throat> because anxiety, and I've, I looked at the definition here. Okay. So I'll read that real quick. And it's, oh, oh, my phone's being weird. Here we go. So it says, I gotta make it big so I can see it. Um, Intense, excessive, and persistent worry and fear about everyday situations. Fast heart rate, rapid breathing, sweating, and feeling tired may occur. Common causes, normal and stressful situations such as public speaking or taking a test, uh, is only an indicator of underlying disease when feelings become excessive. So I think there's a difference between what they're saying there and what I how I interpret it is there's a difference between anxiety in the sense of it's debilitating or it's something that needs to be dealt with long term compared to anxiety like you felt that can be overcome with a certain skill set. And what I was trying to to bring out when I asked you that question, how did you felt and how did you feel? Mm -hmm. And then how did you deal with it? We're always trying to leave our listeners with skills or tips or tricks. And it doesn't matter what the the reason that you were feeling anxiety, you were feeling it. Mm -hmm. For you, this is something that we do naturally, and so you kind of like broke it down in your brain, and you're mm -hmm. like, okay, we're just going to get after it. If you're feeling anxiety about anything, it's a matter of what skill set do I bring to the table? What do I have at my disposal that I can engage right now? Or is this something that's so big, I need to sit down and prepare for it or figure out a different route? Correct. Yeah. Because if, yeah. Like, <laughs> if this was like a keynote... Like yeah, I'm not prepared. See, and that's a that's a great example. <laughs> yeah. Prepared. If I said, "Hey, Morgan, I'll give you a whole bunch of money, and I want you to give a keynote ten minutes from now," that's a different situation than something that we're now sixty three or sixty four episodes into this thing, and and we yeah, fly oh, it's by different. The seat, right? It's so, different because I'll, I'll I'll I call it hip pocket speeches. I can I can freestyle a, a talk. But you still point felt anytime. anxious. Yeah. And you were telling me, and I, when I speak, I still feel it too. In it, but it's 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 excessive. It's that's the difference. And so I think right out of the gate, you've got to sit back and take. It's almost like uh, like self assessment when you're when you're injured. You fall down and and you hurt yourself. You're like, okay, what is it? Am I bleeding? That's right. Broke? Am I good? You go through that step <laughs> of exactly that. Yeah. Can I move? Can I wiggle my fingers? Yeah, yeah. Am I bleeding? You know, like what's going on? To Figure out how severe it is. Yeah, and and, and that you, that's a great point. Like we talk about speaking and compared to this. Like here, I'm like, yeah, I can three minutes, seconds, I can put it together. Uh, but my anxiety gets so excessive with the bigger stuff, and like people are like, oh, you do this so easy. Like, I do, I do it easy because I've already I've learned and done it so much that I told my I turn my that anxiety off my brain off. It's like you're fine, relax, do it. And once I get in it, you know, most people say that once you start it that anxiety kind of goes away, right? Mm -hmm. But for me, 
the 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 bigger pieces that I dealt I dealt with anxiety when I was retiring. Oh, that was a big one. Like people are like you'll be fine. I was like, yeah, it's easy for you to say you ain't got to do the stuff I got to do. You know, everybody. It's funny. I've got a friend <clears throat> retiring soon, and he's literally saying all the things that I was saying when I was in his <laughs> shoes, which every other person who's ever retired or transitioned out has said the same. You know. It's the same conversation being repeated over and over and over. And of course, when you're on this side of it, everybody's like, it's okay, trust me. Right. But when you're in it, yeah. you don't know because it's the unknown. It's the unknown. And I so help how I helped the for for that part, right? It's like I got lucky when it comes to retirement. I had you and like three other people but that we had all just did it. have people that have just done yeah, it. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like that was my point. It was to the to the to the point of that, even with the keynote stuff, is like what helps me, I'll tell you what helps me with my anxiety is getting the, because my anxiety comes from probably where most people anxiety, like the the lack of information, mm-hmm. right? And so the, 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 if, if I'm going to do a keynote and it's a big deal and I have anxiety about it, that means that either I don't think I'm adequate or I don't think I got the information. And then I say, okay, if you don't have it, then where can you get it? Then you study it, right? Like, I, like the one we the episode we just did. Like, I, I was that's a keynote. So I, I'm, I think about it every day, and I say every time before I go to bed, or if I think about it, and I want to write something down. I stop whatever I'm doing, and I write it in my phone, and it, and I write and I read my notes every night before I go to bed. That's automatic, mm-hmm. right? And then I or, or I listen to an audio book while I'm driving on this subject. I do all the things I can to surround my life around. Just like a, I actually were going to a role. Right, I, I'm not worried about the that my my performance on the stage when I go speak is because I did everything I could do to prepare for, it. and then I my I won't say my anxiety is gone; it's just minimized a little bit <laughs> until I start talking, and then it's like I go into like flow. And I think a lot of anxiety stuff comes <coughs> from also comes from what ifs, because even if you're prepared. Some imposter syndrome type stuff, yeah. Well, I'm just, not even that, like you're talking about speaking in general, and that's, that's I think, a, a big one for a lot of people. What about, you know, when I used to jump out of airplanes? Yeah. I would get anxious that's right up to... anxiety, thinking about that, but go ahead. But there's, there's also that, like, what if my parachute doesn't open? What if a gust of wind gets me even when I'm under canopy? You start doing all these what ifs that... You just don't know. And I think that's where a lot of the anxiety builds up. They, you know, they used to always say uh, when you jump, if something, if you get a malfunction, you got the rest of your life to figure it out. You know, kind of like a little funny ha-ha. You got about 50 <laughs> seconds to figure out what's going on. <laughs> that's not cool, though. Right. But <laughs> that's not you cool could at all. also be incapacitated with fear if you what if yourself to death before you do the thing. So how do you, as a person, Paralysis by analysis. Of, well, but how do you squash those what ifs to the point where you can jump out of the uh, out of the plane or get up on the stage and then realize things can go wrong, but I'm just going to have to deal with it in the moment. There to me there's that confidence that you cannot control everything and you could be as prepared as you possibly want to be for the speech. But you get up there and you've got a heckler or the lights go out. I, I was doing. I was doing. Hot a, as hell on the stage. I was doing a keynote one time. I got there. Ooh, I remember that one. Yeah. They didn't have my presentation up. There was no way they could get it up. 
So I literally, what I had prepared should have been like this cool slideshow and that I would speak to that was not there at all. You can't prepare for that kind of stuff. It just happens and you got to flow with it. So how do you, I, I guess, like, I don't know, I'm trying, there's a separation of anxiety there. There's the, the preparatory piece that you're like, okay, I'm anxious about <clears throat> this. And so you prepare for it. But then there's that other piece of what if, you know, what ifs. To me, that's the unhealthy piece of the anxiety. You have contingency plans for certain things, but at some point you can't plan for everything. So you've just got to, you've just got to send it and go. Who wrote the, oh, what's the name? Um, five, four, three, two, one. It's a, is it a book? Is it Mel Robbins? I have no idea. I've never heard that. And just go. Yeah, it's a book. It's called Five Second Rule. Okay. I think it's is it? I think it's Mel Robbins. With the young the lady that that is wrote the book talks about when you when you're scared to do something or you're anxious to do something, just just count back five, four, three, two, one, and just do it. That's easier said <clears throat> than done. Oh, it, facts. And this is where she like, talks about all that yeah. other piece, obviously. She's like just say say some numbers and this, everything's going to be all right. Right. If, if that were the case, everybody would have this solved. You're like, right? five, four, three, do one. Yes, yeah. five, four, three, do one. War of peace. <laughs> but where do you think all of that like comes from? I don't, when, you, when you thought of this topic, what came to mind that brought it out as something that you wanted to discuss? Because I go through it every day. Um, and it's, uh, it, 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 it consumes me sometimes, and I don't like the way it feels, and I know that I've feel, spoken to enough people that other people feel it too. But sometimes, like you said, it, it could be <clears> – <throat> I've never thought of it as in multiple levels of it. Like it all doesn't feel good to me, and mm-hmm. that's me personally, and that's, and that's, a, I guess that's my, one of my mental health um, things that I work with on a regular basis. Um, you can say keynote, or you can say right now. I don't like it either way. Like I don't. I'm not the type of person that you can't tell me, "Hey, we should talk." Right? Because I am yeah. not. Yeah, yeah. We. I can't function the rest of the yeah, day. Yeah, I hate that. <laughs> I can't. Yeah. I can't even like just go. No, I can't. We need to. If we got a problem, we need to fix that right now. Or say we can't fix it, so we can have. We need. A, I need an end state. But like, the I, funny thing is that we gotta talk. Mm-hmm. Could be. Hey, I want to give you a promotion. And it, it, sometimes it is. Like most. Even my athletes are like, Coach, you free? I'm like, am I getting fired? Am I? And I and one, I ain't got fired in like years, actually. You know, people fall off all the time. But I, I literally got fired from from coaching anyone, right? And so, and, and, and usually I haven't had too many cases where it was a bad thing. You know what I mean? But it's um, that fear. When you, when you were calling this morning. Like the first thing that came to my mind is like, does he think I'm not on my way? Is he checking on me? And what did I say? I just thought you said not talking to you on the way down. I know, right? Yeah. For, for everybody like, listening, I was like, because Morgan and I drove separately, so I'm like, damn, I miss talking to Morgan on the way. But like, that's the thing, right? It's, so my anxiety is like, do I have it under control? Yes, to to a certain extent. Because if I could control it, I wouldn't have it. But you're uh, <laughs> what you're describing sounds to me like a worst case anxiety. I don't mean that. But for me, I say it because for me, that's how I feel every day. No, but what I'm saying, I don't mean that it's the worst case anxiety. What I mean is that your brain goes to worst case. Yes. Yes. You default to worst case and not. 
it's interesting. I think there is. And I'm a positive change speaker. Right. <laughs> but I do my own demons and gremlins too. So like. I think there's, I do think there's a couple levels. I think there's healthy anxiety and I do feel that there's obviously unhealthy anxiety. Healthy anxiety is, if I had no anxiety when I was jumping out of airplanes, I'd just be like, oh, you know, whatever. I think I packed the chute right or, you That's know. Like, oh, yeah, we saw so about that, that on race day. Like if you, if, if yes. you weren't worried. I'd be worried. That's right. And when they always tell you, the first time you're not anxious about jumping out of an airplane, don't jump. Right? But I think that's with everything. If you've done your preparation, if you've done everything you can do, that healthy anxiety keeps you in check of doing the things you need to do to be to give you the best chance of success. Or survival. For survival. And survival can be anything, right? Um, the unhealthy, where it gets into the unhealthy is where it starts to consume you, like the definition said, it's it's all-encompassing. It's consuming what should be other moments of joy or other feelings are replaced with anxiety and overwhelm. Or yeah, whatever. I don't even want to, like for me, it's like, um, I don't want to do anything, mm-hmm. right? I think my anxiety kind of transfers into to like, I want to be, I want to be in a state of like with seclusion. You know what I mean? Like so well away off from everything and everybody because the my the way my brain thinks is um if if I'm away from all the things that cause it, I won't feel it. But that I've learned that's not true. Right. <laughs> because I'm still thinking about the stuff that caused it that because it, now it lives in my brain. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I'm trying to think it through and and, and it's not working. And it doesn't feel good. That's the easiest way to put that. I don't like it. I don't like that. And that's the more reason I want to talk about it. I know a lot of people are, that are going through it. And we don't have to let it control us. We don't have to. It's a choice, right? Um, <clears throat> I still have anxiety. And I still change lives. I still create ch- change in organizations. I still do a lot of things. But I, it's more, I understand what the feeling is. I don't, this is the, the big one. I don't dismiss it. So, you're, yeah, I think that's acknowledging what you're yeah, feeling. I don't compartmentalize it and like, oh, no, it's not mm-hmm. a thing. You know, it's a thing. So would you say <clears throat> then that how you respond to it affects how much it? Yeah. Last time I had anxiety attack, this was, oh, I think it was pre-COVID. Maybe pre-COVID. Yeah, I think it was pre-COVID. I was in Charlotte Airport, and like, I don't, I don't eat gluten, right? It's I'm gluten sensitive because of medical stuff, right? And I'm in Charlotte Airport. I'm trying to find something to eat, and all the lines are long, and it's a lot of people everywhere. And it's one of those times in the airport where you know, like every plane just landed. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> like sometimes it's like nobody there, and something. Even in the massive airports, it's quiet. But then it's those times like midday. It's like every plane just like landed. Yeah, it's going crazy, and I'm trying to figure out which lines. And I'm going to the lines, and I'm checking the food, and I can't eat here, and I can't eat there. And it was just like, and then people were coming, and then like I just was like, what the? And then my heart started beating really, 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 really fast. And I'm like, what's going on? What's going on? And I didn't know it. I just I stopped. I, I backed up against the wall. And I just stood there, and I didn't like. And I started crying. And I was like, "What the f? Like, what's what's going mm-hmm. on here?" And then, I, but I realized I had overstimulated myself, right? And it took 
couple months to figure it out because I did not like how that felt. Yeah. And that it's only I've only had an anxiety attack three times in my life. And that one was probably the worst one because like I was like paralyzed. Like I felt like I just I didn't want to do anything and I just was in the middle of chaos. Um but what I had did is I had I had overstimulated myself with negative outcome. I'm not gonna be able to eat. Nobody makes gluten free stuff. I'm gonna miss my flight. And I was thinking, oh, then anxiety came over and over and then to the point where I was like <sighs> yeah. breathing and I didn't like it. So how would you recommend, because I think that's a common thing, what you're describing is that it builds and builds and builds, and then you're on that downward spiral. You, maybe not in that moment, but later you kind of realized it. How do you now catch yourself when, how do you catch yourself before you go all the way down the drain and get yourself back up to level? I try to stay away from the drain itself. And so, because I can, but I you, can, you travel, so you can't. I mean, that's a great yeah, example. I, I, you can't stay away from an airport. So when I'm at the airport, I find I plan. If I'm hungry, mm-hmm. I plan it now. Like I, like, this is what I'm going to do. This is where I'm going to go. Just wait in line and be patient, Morgan. Right? Or like I said, avoid the drain. If I see something that's going to bring that I know that I know brings me anxiety. Okay, how do I do this better? Like so, and again, for me, it's information. There's, there's things I can't control. What I control is how I think about it, and I implement things where overstimulation gives me too that that heightened. Like I can't get rid of the anxiety completely. I just I have not learned that one yet. But to not get to that level again, I'd find places like I'll when I'm walking through the airport, I'll listen to meditation music. Right and I'll, I'll noise cancellation. I know where I need to go. I'm not hearing everybody moving, everybody walking, and everything happening. Right um, uh, when I when I get down there, I sit. I don't sit in where everybody else is sitting. I sit over in a corner somewhere. Right, I'll get away from people. Um, so it's all preparation. I mean, really, not the step by step, but it's all preparation. It's all. It has to be all, like you yeah. got to know when you're about. You got to you got to know what triggers the triggers. Mm-hmm. Right, you got to understand your triggers. And that's you know, no different than any any other emotion. Like if it's if it comes out in a negative way, if it's anger, if it's sadness, what are the triggers? Anxiety is no different. And then when you find out what the trigger is, okay, I can't always prevent the triggers because I don't control the world, right? But I control how I interact uh, interact with the triggers and with the world, right? And so mine is I'll, another big one is in my life is so much movement. I give my like you go surfing. I go to hiking on the Appalachian Trail. Mm-hmm. Like I have, I learned it. I gotta do stuff like that. I gotta go be like sensory, like what they call sensory deprivation. Uh, Not deprivation, but yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's like. What's that one mean? That means where you like the like the float tank, like Beth's float spas, where you get in there and there's you're just floating, so it it deprives you of all senses. Yes, that's what I want. Like that's what I seek to get. Like it's the closest I get was hiking. Yeah, right. I don't like I, I can see stuff and, and that's I know more of better. like a change of environment. Yeah. Like you're that's more of a positive <laughs> sensation than like deprivation is. It's all gone. It's all gone. Well, I haven't. So I haven't been in a flow spot. So that ain't the thing. We got to so. do like. Okay, we'll talk about that in a minute. But yeah. yes, we will do the. Let's do that. Let's put that on the schedule. Uh, but like it's just me putting things in place that kind of like you know how basically anxiety attack is the cup overflowing, mm-hmm. and so I do things in my life to kind of pour things out 
so it never overflows and, and try I to keep it at a certain level. Yeah, we're talking yeah. about anxiety, and, and mm-hmm. for me, the example that comes to mind, and I don't think it was, maybe it was anxiety to some level, I don't know, but, you know, I've said on here before, I, I quit watching the news. When I retired, I quit watching the news. When I came back from Afghanistan, I quit watching the news. And <laughs> I, I did it <laughs> like because it's all it's just nothing. It doesn't matter what channel you watch or whatever, right? It's all just negative. negative. They're screaming, they're yelling, they're doing all this stuff or, you know, whatever. It's all like super emotional of things I have no control over. And I found myself getting upset or anxious or, or whatever about stuff I couldn't control. The piece I could control is what I was watching, so I just stopped watching it. And now if, if I want to know the news, I'll, you know, like yeah, which is I rare. can. Somebody going to tell you probably before you had to look anyway. Well, that's a funny thing, bro, because people will be like, <laughs> hey, what do you think things. about X, Y, and Z? I'm like, <clears throat> what are you talking about? And I'm sure there are listeners out there like, how can you be so oblivious to everything going on? Because... I can't do anything. But about, but we not it. though. Like that's the but that's the that point we just that you just said. Like people asking you about it, people telling you about it. Yeah, but there <clears> there are definitely times when big things have happened in the world, and I'm like, oh, I didn't know. And they're like, that happened three days ago. I'm like, okay, shows you how much it actually. That's how I am with politics. I ain't gonna lie. Oh, oh don't. I will not even <laughs> engage in a conversation <laughs> about politics because I don't care. But. Other things, you know, it's just, it's all that stuff. So I guess the point I'm trying to make is- you can't control none of those things. No, but the piece I could control- Was and you, yeah. Was, was what I was watching and what I was taking in. And so- Personal filter. Yeah. yeah. What does your personal filter look like? And I, I think we've talked about this before. We, had, You know, we're talking about like your personal Brita filter. What gets through? And the thing with anxiety, though, is maybe some of it you can't control. Like some of the ways- your brain goes and starts thinking the, the people that are truly that yeah. worst case scenario <laughs> people. That's where I think professionals, you know, we had, and I think, um, well, by the time this comes out, it'll have been three or four weeks ago, but our next episode that's coming up this Monday for mm-hmm. us in real time is with Dr. Becca, but that's where you need professionals, you know, to help you because there, of course yeah, there's, there's meds a level, yeah. and there's, there's medications, there's tools, there's tips, there's tricks that they can help you with to, to bring that down. And one of the only real, like, true anxiety things I dealt with was always, like, assessing every single person that walked through the door. And I remember when I was working with that therapist, she was like, well, what are the, what are the chances, right, of, of something like that really happening? Like, at, a, at your favorite restaurant, mm-hmm. somebody walking in with a gun or whatever. I'm like, well, it's... Very, very, very slim. And so her tip for me was don't be unaware because you'll never feel comfortable if you're totally unaware, oblivious. It benefited me to turn the news off because I cannot control any of that. I still look at people when they walk in the door just to give them a quick once over, but I'm not obsessed with it to the point where then I'm not enjoying my dinner. Getting and, headaches and stuff like that. Yeah, I right. So she, yeah. she was like... Start to look, you know, and, and specifically if I travel to other countries, she's like, don't assume that everybody's bad. Find out something that's interesting or oh, cool in that's that country. Crazy, you bring that up. And then start to look for those things. Or if you go to this state or that state, you know, like what's. Jody, I can't go nowhere. I don't even want to go out of the. My wife was like, let's go to Puerto Rico. I was like, eh. See, and that's. I was. Because every time a, we've ever left, yeah. for, for me, the only time I've ever left the country other than Puerto Rico was for war. Yeah, well, and I was. I don't in, have no other reason. It was always at like heightened. Yeah, you know. I was in risk. that place, <clears throat> right? Uh, 
And so she was just like, hey, just look for other things. So you're still acknowledging your body's need, your brain's need to look for things and not saying you can't be unaware. Like I don't advocate for that at all. But, you know, if you're in country X and everybody wears wooden shoes, like see how many people you can find wear wooden shoes. You're just retraining your brain to look for more positive things than always to assume the negative about stuff. So that was a good trick that she shared with me that's definitely been helpful. Because I, when I do travel outside of the country now, I enjoy myself a lot more than I did before. I don't even want to go outside the country right now. I will. I do. But I don't want... Like, oh, it, see, it, and it brings I anxiety. want... To, yeah. It yeah. Brings We're anxiety. in different places because I want to travel. And yeah. I think I'm a relatively, like, you know, I always say the uh, famous American philosopher Joe Dirt, right? Shit'll buff out. <laughs> That's my favorite thing. It's, it'll buff out, man. Like... It's going to be okay. We'll figure it out. Life's an adventure, man. Dig it. You know, and I I've, I try to go down that road when things don't go as planned. But I'm able to do that because I've prepared as much as I can up to that point for whatever it is. But then inevitably, things are going to happen. And when they do, then you just got to kind of roll with it. But I also totally acknowledge that not everybody's brain is in that place. Yes. My wife is definitely a, more of a worst-case scenario person than I am. And it's taken me a while as we've matured and grown together and, you know, it's 27 years of being together now that I just realized her brain works like that. And I think she's accepted that mine's the opposite of, like, we'll figure it out. But it's that mutual respect. You know, I don't tell her, like, hey, just don't think like that. She can't help it. That's how her brain thinks. Just like she can't tell me, well, you should be worrying about those things because I don't. Yeah, my wife, she, she's always on me talking about, you don't care about nothing. I said, I just, I can't control that stuff. Or those people. And I think that's the piece is where. <laughs> like, so I'm just, yeah, I, it's like, I don't care. It's just like I focus on something else. Right. And that's, <clears throat> you know, it's just, again, as you kind of start to acknowledge those things, but also realizing and acknowledging that other people's brains work differently. And some people, that's how their brains work. And, and, no matter what, they might always be more worst case scenario, scenario than you are. So I guess the, the thing I'm trying to say there is from, from like old man perspective, don't be dismissive <laughs> of other people's feelings. And I, I definitely fell victim to that when I was, when we were younger mm. and she would be worried about something. I'm like, don't worry about it. It's fine. Right. But like it's that, not to her. That's right. And that's my point. It wasn't, that wasn't cool. And of course I was young and immature and didn't understand that. And so now I try to respect Hey, I you know I get that you feel that way. I don't feel that way, and then we figure out a place in the middle. And the vice versa is like if you have somebody telling you that, know that they're not in a place where they understand how you feel, right? So I mean, there's grace got to be given on each side. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, you telling me this? Oh, that's not how I think. But you may not even know or have that information. Like you said, old man wisdom. Like over years, you've learned that it's mm -hmm. like, oh okay, people have their own way of thinking. I don't have to. It's not just me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's both sides of that equation. Yeah, I think we got down a rabbit hole. No, I mean, this is things. This is what it causes anxiety because, right, we're worried about the expectations that we've set on ourselves because we're worried about these invisible expectations we think people have set on us, and then we try to grasp all that and then other stuff in our lives, and then it becomes overwhelming. Right? I'm worried about what you think. I'm worried about how I think about me. I worry about if I'm gonna be able to do this, and then all that stuff causes like, who who do I make happy? Who yeah. do I, can I, I can't do this, and I'm like, I don't want it. 
I just don't, and then right. I'm, I'm gone. Like I don't, I want to be by myself. Or it's almost like, for me, that overstimulation of anxiety makes me an introvert immediately. Yeah. Well, and I was just <clears> thinking <throat> as you were talking, communication is key. Now we're talking more relationships, or and that doesn't have it's to relationship be a relationship with yourself, though. It don't well, have, for yeah, sure. But yeah. also, I mean, it could be this relationship. It could be anybody. It's that communication of okay, I acknowledge how you're feeling because. When I acknowledge that and we have a conversation about it, then I'm less likely to put to assume you're expecting something of me, and then that will yes. be then I that will help you, reduce my again you know. But I did it when I came down, yeah. right? I did it when I came downstairs. I was like, "What is what is leading this looks like?" And you told me. I was like, "Oh, okay." But mm-hmm. at first, I'm like, "What? Is, I don't know what I need to be. What, am I doing something incorrect?" And I, it was all negative in my brain. So I asked the questions, like, "What does that look like?" You told me. I said, oh, "Okay, I can do that." Yeah. And then we were done with it. Like, but like, it took me a long time to get not in this scenario, but in life, it took me a long time to accept that type of stuff and not be over over expecting things for myself. Like, it's just it's, it's really the, that's what the anxiety piece is coming. I was like understanding people by communicating with yourself about your own feelings and and this big one about anxiety is like before you know we let you guys go here is acceptance yeah and i was is it we were talking in communication and you said communication with yourself and i think that's exactly the point is acceptance is being able to accept it just as much as i might accept that your brain works a certain way my wife's brain works a certain way then I start to reduce the assumption. So if you know you feel a certain way or you know that you are a worst-case scenario person or whatever, accept that and then try to, you know, if you want to change that, then look to grow in, in yeah. increments and don't berate yourself. Like, give yourself grace. Because people keep always saying, I, I shouldn't feel this way. I don't know why I feel this way. Like, you're trying to deny something that is. Like, mm-hmm. you can't, even if it's not here, I mean, at a slower level or a higher level, it, it exists. For me... I, I stopped having anxiety attacks when I realized I had that I like I was having anxiety attacks. Like instead of saying, "Oh, I don't have anxiety attacks. I'm too tough for that," or "I'm not gonna tell," because I, I didn't want to talk to nobody about it. Because I like I'm, I'm sitting in the airport on a wall crying. Like no, like no marine wants to say, "Yeah, that's what I'm going through." But until I went back and say I did the research, asked some questions to some, some people that uh, that I was seeing at that time. I was like, oh, okay, that's what it is. And now I, I, after I can accept who I am and recognize the things that are causing it, I can minimize that that stress all my life. And I no, do I if I can, like you said, I don't want anxiety to go away because it it does well for me a lot of keeping. Like, mm, you know, there's I'm, a healthy side when I'm coming through certain places in Wilmington. I'm like that anxiety kicks up because I think the police out there. <laughs> but as long as I'm doing the speed limit, I ain't got nothing to worry about. Right. <laughs> so cruise control, right? Control what you can control. Put your life on cruise control. Set it to where you want it to be, and don't let other people dictate your speed. Woo! There you go. That one was good. <laughs> well, that's it, man. Yeah. You got it, anything else? No, that's it for me. Uh, you know, hey, everybody, like, send your ideas, like we always say. Leave us reviews, and uh, I think that'll wrap us. We talk about some of these things. I know that, you know, sometimes we share a lot of things about ourselves on here. And we want, I think for me, it's like I want people to know that we go through things just like you do. We are the same as you. We just on a different, like we say in a lot of uh, episodes, we're just at a different point in, on, on, 
in the bath. We're just older. We're closer we're, to dying. Oh, yeah, that's we're it. closer, closer to, to dying than most right? of you. And so just know that you're never alone. There's always someone here. And if you, then I'll put this out there. I don't think we've ever done this before. It's like if you need help, if you want to talk to one of us directly, and I'm pretty sure service member or non-service member, and you in a bad place, just reach out. I'm no, I know both of us will will, will return return the calls. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, absolutely. All right, everyone. Well, that's gonna do it for uh, for us on this episode. So thanks for hanging out. See you later. Bye. <laughs>